Welcome to Backseat Confessions Podcast. Slide into the backseat as we listen to mostly anonymous strangers tell us stories from their lives. I'm a rideshare driver in Atlanta, and the people getting in my car have absolutely no idea I'm going to ask them to share. My commitment to you is to tell at least a snippet of virtually every story recorded in my car in the order they were told to me. My hope is that you laugh, cringe, cry, but mostly connect to these amazing people. You may find a piece of your own story or just feel more connected to the rest of us. Join us, won't you? So, hey, my new friend, this is an adult podcast. Themes and languages are definitely not suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. So this is it. When our ride ends today, we will officially be parking the car for a minute because this is the last episode of season one. And I'm so grateful for you, the listener, and I'm so, so, so grateful for all the wonderful people who share their stories. I'm a person of faith, and so that obviously affects how I look at life. And I must say that as I was putting these last six stories together, I felt the help of the unseen hand of the divine. These final six, especially the last five, are just so good that I'm blown away by what people have shared. Okay, enough of me opining. Let's get this show on the road. Our first story today involves theft, but the young lady telling the story talks about how the person stealing was also quite good to her. People are complex. Just because they are doing something wrong doesn't necessarily make them a bad person. Story number 74, Friday, December 18th, 2020, 9.41 p.m. Okay, so the story is about how my managers got caught and Uh got fired. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Okay, so I'm going to name her so-and-so. Okay. (laughs) So, so so-and-so, she had hired me around November 25th, and I now work at a retail store. Now, they pay me good. They pay me real good. They pay me $9.50, but they're now going to give me a raise. They're going to give me, I think, $9.75. All right. So, I guess that's what... A little more money in my pocket. That's good. That's good. Okay, so the other day, um, I was off around this day, but my friend had told me, I'm going to name her Gigi. Okay. Um, Gigi was like, "Um, so now we got different managers and GMs coming in because we heard that so-and-so was stealing from the store. So when so-and-so got caught, she didn't even know that they was watching her. So when they found out that they was watching her, she didn't even know what to do. So when 
um, the head manager had came in. They was just like, um, so what we're going to do is go ahead and fire you. Um, you're off the schedules and you're going to have to go to jail for at least two months. Oh, snap. because she stole now money or merchandise or both. I believe it was both. Wow. Now, I mean, she, we she in a, did you say she was in a position of like authority or leadership or was she? Just- yeah, she was the head manager. Like she had everybody like every when you go to the store, you wouldn't even notice like that. We will be employees. You'll look at us as like a family, like uh, how everything will work out. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it was nice. Cool. Yeah, it was real nice. And I enjoyed the company and everything. Uh-huh. So it was like when so you she, actually like this lady. Yeah, I actually oh, liked her. So snap. it was like if they was to report her and have us like come in and confess, I would love. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, I would really take up for her and be like, "Some she's amazing." I don't even believe she would do that. But you, did you ever personally see her do any? No, I oh, so never seen. So exactly. then you couldn't testify against her anyway. So exactly. You're good. Yeah. So really, I'm just mad that she left yeah. because now the real GM, she's kind of mean. But mm. I mean, I had got her soft spot, so now I kind of you know know how to talk to her nice, <laughs> <laughs> get my way. I love it. Yes. Yeah, so um, what happened? So after she had got fired, the next day, which was today, I came in, and when I first came in, I was so lost because I was like, I was like, um, who are you? Who are these people? <laughs> right. Why are y'all? you know just like me <laughs> uh, so i'm just like she's like well we're the new gm the other gm is no longer there and um we're gonna change the store around we're gonna fix the structure because i don't know what was going on in the um last situation so i'm like okay cool and then i was just like waiting for her to let me clock in and stuff and i couldn't even clock in right because she wasn't fixing my time so it was just like a lot going on today uh, yeah that's <laughs> a lot to just walk into out of nowhere yeah well you uh you're, you're an amazing young lady and you have a, a wonderful personality and I'm, i know you're going to go far and uh so but thank you so much for sharing the story today no problem your, thank you <laughs> yeah absolutely of your of your former manager right <laughs> lesson boys and girls is don't steal do not steal they're watching right they are always <laughs> watching <laughs> uh, another reason to always be kind miss so-and-so created a family atmosphere as the lead manager and uh, made our rider just feel loved and, and, and included to the point where she was willing to lie if it would have helped Miss So-and-So stay out of trouble. Side note is, I believe that companies who foster the best culture are going to thrive in today's dynamic economy, while those that don't will suffer. Something to think about, for sure. Our next rider is, or at least was, a bit of a wild child. Her early college sorority days gave the leadership of said sorority a lot to deal with. I love her adventurous spirit, and no doubt she would have been one of the people you wanted at your college party if it was going to be lit. Story number 75. Friday, December 18th, 2020, 11, 18 p.m. Um, I think my story would probably be 
how I got kicked out of my sorority um, in college. Nice. Um, I think only after about a semester and a half. Okay. <laughs> to this day, um, only my close friends in college probably know, and uh, my parents don't know. Okay, so I love it. I'm excited to tell this story. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> Want me to just go into it? Go into it. All Let's right. do it. Yeah. Um, so I was definitely wild in college. Um, you know, anytime there was a social, I was always there. Would never miss a party. Right. Um, so what I actually got kicked out for was giving a blowjob nice. at a sorority social. <laughs> <laughs> like a, so, okay. Yeah, like a sorority party where like tons of people were around, but no one saw it. Wait, so hold and, on now. Is this like dragging the guy into the bathroom or are you talking like... Oh, oh, I, I left out the best part. It yeah. was under a pinball machine in the arcade. No. At the bar. <laughs> no. Yeah. That is... I, I, I don't... I'm probably Logistics. not supposed to be super proud of you, but... <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. I must have been very flexible. I have no idea how we both fit under there. And no one saw us. And there was like um, like a wall where it was uh, only halfway. So you right. could you know, see a little over it. So I think that's why. Oh, you're good. Um, so you could see over it. and um, But I guess no one did. So what ended up happening is I hooked up with this guy. Him and I had sexual chemistry for a long time. Right. Finally just decided, you know, to hook up there why right. not i was always kind of adventurous like that yeah and i did and um i think it was about a week later right i'm at the university of alabama hanging out with a friend and um, i get a facebook message right. from our standard share saying you've been pulled for whatever they called it but a hearing basically on my behavior okay and it's sad kind of when you have to think through your head, what did I do <laughs> like, when you just gave someone a blowjob under a pinball machine? Right, you're, like, Which you're not even sure if that was it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I then asked, you know, what am I going for? And um, they said sexual act at a, I won't say my sorority's name, right, but at a sure. so-and-so function. Uh-huh. Um, insubordination to the standard share okay and i was like oh yeah i did do that too <laughs> i'll get into that one um and then the third one was um facebook crack pipe picture and i was like well what? of all the things i would have thought it wouldn't have been that because definitely i've never done crack so this should be a fun meeting right so um they're like okay you need to come to the house basically now to pick up your papers to read over them and then on sunday which was i think two or three days later then um you can um meet with us and we'll go over everything and i was like well i'm in alabama so it's gonna have to wait till sunday right so I get there, and at the time I was actually uh, had a legal background, and so I wish I had gotten the papers earlier because it said I could bring a witness. And the guy actually said he would stand up for me and say it didn't happen. Right. So, yeah. you know, didn't even think it was going to come to that. I thought if I was, you know, honest, oh. I would not get in trouble. I know, not naive, right? When you're 18, you think honesty will get you everywhere. Yeah, not doesn't true. work like that. No. Huh? So I, um, I go yeah. high as a kite. I smoke like a joint before I go. Right. Cause you're probably nervous. As yeah. All get yeah. And sure. all of a sudden they pull out this photo okay. and I'm sitting in front of all these girls that I knew they were in the sorority that were on the board. And then they all said a representative who was like in her thirties, like why she's still involved with sororities. That's weird. That is but, weird. Uh, <laughs> so she was there, you know, to represent. And so, um, she, um, 
So they were just asking me questions. They present this picture. And it was actually me in high school smoking out of a, a weed steamroller right. like pipe. And so they were like, oh, you know, this is obviously crack to them. Uh-huh. So yeah, they said, sure. um, I can't believe I have to ask you this, but is this crack cocaine in the picture? I said, actually, it's not. Right. I, I was happy to say that. And she said, well, what is it? And I said, ma'am, it's marijuana. And she said, well, don't you think that's harmful to your body? And without missing a beat, I said, research hasn't been able to prove so. Right. You <laughs> nice. should have seen their faces. I think I set myself up for failure, though, after that comment. Um, <laughs> and so then, you know, I basically said that, you know, I didn't recall most of the evening. And, um, you know, I don't know if we hooked up or not, but I don't remember that happening. And, um, oh, and the insubordination thing was yeah. good. Um, so in high school, I had uh, made my prom album. Um, Snoop Dogg lyrics. And I think it was Tanqueray and Chronic. Yeah, I'm fucked up now. Uh-huh. You know, we used to post stupid stuff like For that sure. on Facebook yeah. in yeah. 2009. Um, so I uh, had that album up when I got picked to be in the sorority. Mm-hmm. And then once I got in, um, my boyfriend, I cheated on him with his best friend. Nice. <laughs> and his other best friend walked in on it. It was a whole thing. Oh, that's a lot. Essentially, we broke up pretty immediately. Yeah. Um, and then he decided to get back at me the next night by taking home the roommate of my best friend and his mutual friend, a girl who was in my sorority and I also went to high school with. So oh, there you he, go. He, he tried to go below the belt. I deserved it. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so he takes her home. My big sister, my sorority, made it known that, you know, she was screwed from that point forward if, you know, she ever came close to me. Mm-hmm. And so she, um, uh, her big sister was the standards chair. Right. So she had messaged me on Facebook saying, hey, um, you know, I see this photo album with this provocative title. You need to change it. And I said, well, I'm studying right now. I'll get to it tonight. She's like, no, you have to do it now. So then I went, I changed it, and I changed it to, like, F star 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 star. You right, know, right, just right. to kind of bleep it out. She messaged me again. That's not sufficient. You know, you need to change it, blah, blah, blah. So then I was pissed. I'm like, I'm actually studying right now. And this is a personal attack. This has yeah. been on here for months. You're yeah. just looking for a problem with me. So, um... I changed it to uh, find something better to do with your time. Oh, so that was my strike shots three. Fired. Shots and, fired. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's kind of my story of, you know, how I get kicked out of my sorority and I don't regret it. Um, I think a week later, Ben Roethlisberger was um, in our college town and that was when he actually sexually assaulted oh that girl in a college town she was oh, in my sorority it was oh no. it was very sad but yeah. they made everyone delete their social media and i was like sucks for you guys because right. i'm not in this I'm sorority in anymore i have to, oh. have to say so you know it was just an interesting turn of events but that is okay so and that one question out. that uh i may have missed in your story how if no <laughs> one saw this alleged blowjob under this alleged pinball machine jealous huh? bitches because they listen oh. to uh the guys talk i of mean course. who doesn't talk about their oh, their yeah. pinball machine ne- blowjob never stop bragging about he's that, probably still talking oh, about it of course it, so, he, he's my next writer yeah he would, he told his friends my okay, other enough. girls were dating those friends yep, and yep. yeah it got around i mean who wouldn't want to talk about it but yeah no. looking back on it like i think it's pretty cool yeah no, i mean <laughs> live a story worthy life right yeah and you, yeah. you i wish uh we had more time because yeah. you have great stories in you I do. I, I have a lot this. more. I, I have can, a lot more. I can see this. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> Such a cool lady. 
And I truly wish we had more time to get more of her stories. She's the opposite of boring. I mean, live a story-worthy life, right? And she makes me think of another potentially interesting group topic. Where is the oddest place you've ever had sex? And yes, we can count oral in this for you in the back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways, that would be a fun discussion, no doubt. I don't know if it's my oddest place, but I did have sex during daylight hours in a national park with people with an eye shot. Uh, but of course, we were in tall grass, so they couldn't see us. I've always wondered if that means I've committed a federal crime. Ah, uh, the things we do to keep our sex lives interesting, right? <laughs> our next writer experiences something out of a scene in like Fast and Furious number 82. And by the way, if you think they're ever going to stop making those movies, then think again, buddy. I think I've watched a couple of them uh, many years ago, but I kind of felt like I'd seen enough after that. But if you're Fast and Furious, I mean, hey, it's like you're printing money with that franchise. So, you know, why stop, right? Story number 76. Saturday, December 19th, 2020. 12.24 a.m. So let me talk about this one time that me and a buddy of mine uh, actually came from out of town and we were leaving from a restaurant. We were a little, we, we were a couple of drinks in, probably uh, probably six to seven shots in. Okay. And um, he convinced me to uh, drive my vehicle. I have uh -oh. a SS Camaro and he wanted to relive the Fast and Furious scene where Ooh. Paul Walker uh, drove off into the sunset. Right. But we were doing this on Highway 85. Ouch. Yeah, absolutely ouch. <laughs> but, and you know when the ouch started? The ouch started when I seen the yellow arrow pointed signs, meaning that's a sharp corner oh, or geez. a sharp turn. That's not good. But what happened was I looked at the speedometer and it was at like 90 uh -oh. And the turn was definitely a 35 uh -huh. to 45 turn. Right, right. So that's when I saw kind of the light, uh -huh. the, the, the light from God shining. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And um, I knew it was over. Right. You saw your life flash before your eyes. Yep, yep. And then he definitely went Paul Walker on me and just uh, slammed onto the brakes. And then, uh, of course, the... It locked up and we went um, crashing into the wall. Like this is for real, for real. You hit this the wall. is no lie. I, I wish I oh I, I, God, I, I can't make this shit up, man. Come on. I'm just glad you're alive. Yeah, thank God. Am thank I alive? God. I don't know. Maybe this is Ooh, you know. Maybe we're in an maybe being. we're in Elon Musk's alternate. Um, Elon. <laughs> we're in a we're in a simulation right now. No, nah, this is him. some white noise. This ain't even me. This is my this is my ghost talking yeah. right now. This this is a ghost yeah. of Mr. D or whatever. Mr. Hey. D, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I'm this. <laughs> but no, so so yeah. so he hits. So he slams onto the brakes and tries to Tokyo drift yep. um, into the third lane. Thank God this was a little bit later in the night. Like I said, we were out drinking or whatever. We had we had a couple of beers. You know, mm -hmm. who knows? Just a couple. That's what we told the police officer anyway. For sure. So we, we had a couple of beers and we Tokyo drifted into the wall. Right. And I'll tell you one thing. Paul Walker must have been with us, or maybe it was Jesus, <laughs> right? Because he guided the vehicle. He recor wow. he recorrected the Tokyo Drift to where 
we only had minor damages. Dude. And when I, by minor, I mean the uh, rear mm-hmm. passenger tire right. rolled off of the vehicle. <laughs> oh, my God. Gotcha. And um, oh, wow! But but luckily we weren't. There were no other vehicles harmed in the making of this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or story or whatever. Right. So it was only us, just like Tokyo drifting across. And I, and I do like the idea, by the way, of both Paul Walker and Jesus, uh, <laughs> right? Co- just kind of co-hosting on this one, being like, you know what? These guys are idiots, but we like them. Yep. And we're gonna keep them alive this time. Just uh, to I tell like- the story. So yeah. maybe after after. Well, when this comes out, yes. maybe after that, that'll be our time for Final Destination and we'll be <laughs> on Flight 757 um, going down or whatever or something. But, yeah, yeah. that was probably that, the most yeah, that's dangerous yeah. uh, slash. Hold on. But there is some silver lining. Okay. One, there were no casualties. Yes. All right. And Thank God, that. obviously, we're yep. living to tell the story. Right. And two, no fucking arrest. Boom. Baby. By the time the That's poli- actually amazing. Super amazing! By the time the police decided to pull us up, pull up on us, yeah, we were already sobered up <laughs> <laughs> because that's a very sobering yeah, experience. That's a very sobering experience. Doing a three sixty uh, from one median to the other, also sitting in your car. So by the yeah. time the police came, we were sobered up, and like I say, no casualties, no uh, citations. Wow! Um, thank God for Man. insurance. Uh, yeah, your guys' guardian angels are next level. Uh, I need to uh, I need to get the the business card of your your angel and get one of those guys or gals on my uh, on my case. Yeah, that's, shameless that's plug, State Farm. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> get State Farm. I like As, it. Accident forgiveness. You know. So, that's right. That's yeah. amazing. All it, right. Well, hey, good, thank you so much for your story, Mr. D. Yep. Thank you for having us for um, this amazing life-changing experience (laughs) or at least getting picked up from one place and dropped off another but yes my pleasure same difference same difference right semantics semantics all right (laughs) appreciate it by the way the guardian angels i was talking about were not state farm no matter how great of an insurance company they are side note State Farm, or really any other large, reputable insurance company, uh, I am open to advertising for you if uh, you're open to paying me. Okay, back to the Guardian Angels. No one was hurt and no one got a ticket? I mean, what? Definitely need to talk to my Guardian Angels and make sure I get the upgraded package that these guys are on. Sheesh. For a number of personal reasons, one of which, of course, is the Marine Corps, this is one of my favorite conversations on BCP. This guy is just such a freaking mensch, and if you listen through to the end, I know he will inspire you and make you think. I'm pretty sure it is the longest story I've played this season, but it is gold. And if you're into numbers having meaning, by the way, it is interesting that this story was the 77th story told to me. Story number 77. Saturday, December 19th, 2020, 12.46 a.m.
when I, my wife, uh, she was actually she joined the military a year before me. Okay. And my wife was a naval corpsman. Okay. And she worked at the Branch Medical Center at the Marine Corps Recruit Depot, Paris Island, South Carolina. And this is uh, March of 1990. Okay, a couple of years ago. I walked into, obviously I was a recruit getting dental work done. Okay. And I saw what I thought was a very, very pretty Navy person. Cause you know, you don't see that many women at Paris Island. Right, for sure. You know, even yeah. though we got WMs, you don't see them cause they're on the other side of the island. Well anyway, ah. I, I thought she was really, really cute. I, was, I couldn't help but staring at her. Yep. And a drill instructor saw me and he crushed me. What are you doing looking at the girl? Blah, uh -huh. blah, blah, blah. You know, they they, yeah. they, they dug me out. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> On fast forward two and a half months later, I'm in the Liberty before graduation. Yes, sir. And so my family's there and I'm walking around and I happen to walk into the Naval Center because I wanted to see her one more time and ask her her name. Yes. So I did that. Asked her name, told her I'm not sure where I was going. And she said she was leaving to go to Okinawa, Japan. I said, well, hey, maybe I'll see you down the road. That was that for the moment. Right. I get to go through all my MOS schools, my, uh, go through uh, infantry school, Camp Lejeune, and then I get stationed uh, in 1st Marine Division, California. Okay. Camp Pendleton. Yes, sir. The f check into my unit, three months later, we were in a workup to leave to go to do a unit, unit deployment program in Okinawa, Japan. Okay. So my unit packs up and we go to Okinawa. Okay. Get to a base called Camp Hansen in Okinawa. And as I'm walking around just to see what's on the base, I hear somebody says, oh my God, is that recruit Thomas? Whoa, and dude. I said, well, they gotta know me. They know my said my, my name. Yeah. I turn around and it's her. Wow, and she remembered your name. Dude. I was shocked she remembered my name. She, cause she, she said, "Hey, I just knew your face, and you had a nice face, Aww. and I met your family, and that's what made me remember it more." So I asked her out. She said she'll think about it. <laughs> saw her again about a couple of days later. I asked her again. She said she'll think about it. The third time, I saw her about a week later, and she agreed. Aww. And I've never not been with her. <laughs> that's amazing. And a lot of people don't believe the story, but it's actually true. I love it. How incredible to go from, you know, uh, North Carolina to then meeting her, or excuse me, Paris Island in South Carolina, and then meeting her again in Okinawa. Yes. That's nuts. We laugh about this. We talk about this a lot. When people ask how we met, we both start laughing because it's so unusual. It is crazy. And then on a personal note, before we started the podcast, we were talking about, you know, you, you, you were in the Marine Corps for a very long time, which um, obviously, like I mentioned before, just very grateful for your service and uh, but we we share something both of our kids are in the marine corps as well yes How sir freaking cool is that it's really really cool uh i i, I would have had i never would have thought that my daughter would have joined the military even yeah. though she traveled with us and everything yeah you know when she decided and came to us and told us I, I had to ask her. I said, we never put any pressure on you. We just wanted you to either go to school or do something very positive with your life. Yes. I said, give me one reason why you joined the Marine Corps. And the answer she gave me, I, I, could, I almost felt bad about the answer. Okay. And her answer was, duh. It's kind of what our family does, Dad. Uh-huh. And that. because uh -huh. me and her mom both served, yes. um, I just felt really proud of that. And she said she always was going to do the military because of us. 
man. She's doing good things now. Um, and uh, just talked to her. She, because of COVID, uh, she's going to be in Japan a few months longer. Okay. Uh, not that she has it, but, you know, protocols right. with yeah, leaving Japan and everything. But it, it's been a blessing. Yeah. She's doing really well. And I'm so proud of her. Absolutely. And, and your son, I know you're proud of him. Oh, my God. And I'm proud for him and being a, a, a fellow Marine. Yeah. I, I, my love for him is, I don't need to know anything about him. You know, he told me that. He said that was one of the things that drew him. He said, out of all the services, it's the only one where there's true brotherhood. It, it, man, let me tell you something. One thing about it. Yeah. Um, one of my best friends is from Tupelo, Mississippi. Yes, sir. We'll call him Mr. H. Yes, sir. And uh, we couldn't be too different. You're talking about a guy that grew up in New York. Okay. And a guy that was from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Wow. That's Black where guy, my wife's from, by the way. I'm it, just going to throw yeah, that out there. Black guy from Brooklyn, New York. White guy from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Yes, sir. We became roommates. Um, my second command uh, in California, First Marine yeah. Division. Okay. And uh, we were roommates. Yeah. And let me tell you something, man. Oh, just over time, that that guy, man, we, we, we are so close. Just talked to him a few weeks ago, going to see him in a few months. Once, you know, we can start really traveling the way we want to travel. Yep. And... It doesn't matter where he's from. Yep. It doesn't matter what his race is. Doesn't yep. matter what his religion is. Yep. None of that. Wow. Here it is. We both stood on those footprints at the Marine Corps Recruit Depot, Paris Island, receiving. Yes, sir. And those are your brothers. Man. They're your brothers for life. Doesn't matter if you serve with them a year, six months, eight months, 20 years. It's a brotherhood. And if I met you and you said you was in the Marine Corps and I never met you before, yeah. I don't need to know anything else about you other than the fact that you're my brother. We're wow. good. Wow. And that's how it is in the Corps. And that was the reason that I picked the Marine Corps. I actually was going to join the Army. But, you know, I wanted to talk to all our branches of service. And the, the, the sergeant that recruited me said, it's a brother. It's a real brotherhood. And, and I, I thought that was more of what I was looking for. And I tell people all the time, you make a lot of decisions in your, your young life. Yeah. Good or bad or indifferent. Yep. It is the best decision that I could have ever made as a young man for the following reasons. One, obviously the service to the country. Yes. It helped me grow up, see most of the world. You know, I had really never really been out of New York and Jersey, maybe went to Philly once, but I, I've seen most of the world. Yep. I've seen, I've been stationed in a lot of great states. And uh, man, it's, it, it's been the best thing that I could have ever imagined. Wow. And even though there's, there are some tough times. Yes, sir. You know, there are some great Marines that are no longer with us. Yes, sir. But there's, there's, they're guarding the pearly gates. That's right. And they're always in your, your memories. You have love for them, man. And, it, and like I said, it's a great brotherhood. And it's unconditional. Wow. Because when you go somewhere and you're serving the country and you put yourselves in harm's way and I have to depend on you. Yes, sir. You have to depend on me for duty. And also the fact that, hey, your family wants you to come home, my family wants that's me to come right. home, and hey, I got your back and you got mine, and man, and that's the best thing that the Marine Corps offered me, and just the pride of just knowing that, hey, man, I'm still in the greatest country in the world, despite all the things that we can make better, Yes, it's yes. still the best in the world. Yeah, I will always have been proud that myself, my family, and even my child now is doing the same thing, and I couldn't have asked for a better career. I couldn't. Wow. Wow, dude, that's incredible. I, um, I'll tell you uh, one thing. When you were talking about standing in the in the shoes and the footprints, right? Uh, man, I literally my whole body just like I had chills up and down, 
and uh, it's intimidating when you get to uh, Paris Island. Yeah. Because you know, first of all, they pick you up at night. Yeah. And you're you're coming from Charleston, and you don't see the town of Beaufort, which is a beautiful city. Okay. I actually had the fortune of going to recruit training there, Paris Island. Okay. But I but seven years later, I came back to the island as a permanent personnel. Oh wow. And this is a funny story. I probably should have put this on my, you might not believe this story, but <laughs> when I drove on the base, okay. for some reason, and I don't know why I did it, I immediately drove off. Mm. I drove on the base, okay. the, the MP let me through. Yes, sir. I turned around and you turned and went right off the base and came back. When mm. I came back through the gate, he said, he was laughing. He said, are you, are you got orders here? I said, yes, sir, I do. He said, uh, Every permanent personnel that comes through here do, does kind of the same thing. Really? Because the only time I ever saw it was a recruit. Yeah, yeah. When I left, I had just became a permanent Marine. Yes. I never had been back, and I was an NCO too, so I had a chance to come back and see the island hmm. from the other side. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it also made me now understand it from the instructor's point of view. Yep. And then I start to understand all the stuff that I thought was stupid in boot camp. Like right. they're just messing with us. Yes. I, I knew it was a purpose for us doing it. Wow. And so that was probably a great experience to see it from the other side. Man, I feel like beyond this very specific Marine Paris Island example, I feel like there's something really deep in there about life. It is. Right? Like you, that. And, and maybe some of it you don't figure out till you get to heaven, but there's going to be things that you don't understand. You think you're stupid. And then as you get older, you get you get more wisdom. You get a different point of view. Or maybe you even cross over to the other side. Something clicks and you're like, oh, that's why. But anyways, that's, wow, amazing. Absolutely. Man, well, thank you, Mr. T, so much for sharing your heart and your life story. Um, this has honestly been the most inspiring um writer uh, story I think I've ever been told and of course I know I'm a little biased because it's you know involves something that touches my life so deeply now with my son being in but man thank you truly truly from the bottom of my heart for sharing for your service and I thank you for your beautiful family too like you and your wife uh, deserve huge props for um, raising someone and letting them see up close and personal um, just your life and and they and her still being like yep you know what this is this is the direction I want to go the one, the one thing I will say, um, the, if I had to give any advice to, uh, and you, obviously your son is just starting his career. Yes. Is te for him, yes. there's always an answer. He, there's, there's an education officer. There's a NCO that's in charge of him. As long as he let them know what he wants to do. Okay. There is a, there's an officer and a staff NCO in that command that will show him the way. Wow. He can go to school. He can do officer programs. There's so much he could do. Mm. And the Marine Corps is so much better now in terms of if you have a family, the key volunteer network. Yeah. Um, you have the Navy Marine Corps relief. If you have a financial issue, they, they will not let the Marine have a, have that kind of problem where his family is, is in doubt. And, and I think that's probably one of the most things that I really love about the Corps. Yeah. And for me, as a young man, and obviously I had a good mom and a good dad, but I'm gonna tell you, what I learned my first eight years is invaluable. Yeah. It gave me a respect for just other people and different, mm. it doesn't matter who you are. I look yeah. at the country so much better and I look at it like this, you know, we have a lot of things that we can improve on here. Heck yeah, of course, absolutely. But the most important thing is, is that when you, 
go to another country, whether you're visiting as a, just a civilian, you're maybe having a good time with your family somewhere, or if you're serving, when you see another American, yeah. you always say, hey, you're from America, where are you from? And you mm. always have a good feeling. Yeah, yeah. If we remember that when we're here, Oh, that's so good. We'll be so much better because, you know, when you go to the Kandahars and you go to the Okinawas and you go to the Philippines and you go to some of the places, good, bad, and different, you have great ports and you have other stories that most Marines don't talk about at times because those are hard. Hard ones, yeah. But when you come back to America, you don't want to have a bad bad word with another American. Man, hey, I love this country. I love you. And we, we as Americans got to give each other more credit that we could fix problems without all the bickering without all of this and that if you just do what you're doing now with your podcast and listen to another person's story you know what happens when i get out i get out of your car tell me you feel a little bit better about the person because you had time to talk to them and that's really all it is yeah and that's something that the marine corps teach you there are no black marines there are no white marines there are no other nationality marines yeah we're all green Wow. And they tell you that from day one. Wow. Wow. We don't allow any of that stuff to 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 affect the Marine unit. And if you do, and if you can't get yourself together, you're no longer, you don't have the honor to wear that, that blood stripe anymore. Wow. And that's something that your son going to love when he gets his blood stripe ceremony. Mm-hmm. So, wow. you know, so I, I appreciate what you're doing. I think this is a great thing to do. And like I said, we, we're both a little biased because of the core. <laughs> of course. But, uh. I appreciate being able to share with you, man. Absolutely, no, and I, uh, I don't know how to take your amazing point of view and get the world to buy in. But I I promise, we'll keep fighting. Yeah, but if they would, if they will, there, there's magic in there because you're right. Like, there's so much that we need to do better on. But we're also, if we do it together, if we come to the table and talk, and we do it together, uh, especially in the black and white communities, man, we could make this country not only leaps and bounds greater but it would i think it would inspire the entire world so i just i love every, everything you're about man i'm just yeah this is a suit this is powerful this is this is a conversation i am not going to forget anytime soon so man just uh blessings on, on you and your family and uh man thank you so much for sharing your heart tonight anytime my brother anytime I just don't know what else I can add. This is one of those stories that I can go back and listen to from time to time, and I'm just so filled with gratitude that I got to hear his story and his heart and meet him. My son joined the Marines because he felt like it was the best decision he could make as a young man to set himself up to become the man he knew he was capable of becoming, but needed the structure of the Marines to help him get there. And my son was drawn in by the amazing brotherhood. Both of these were such important points also to our rider today. And his take on working through our differences as Americans on really whatever the issue is. If we all actually took his words to heart, I can only dream like Martin Luther King Jr. did of what incredible progress we could make as a country.
This next guy has a similar message to the gentleman last episode that encouraged us to love our people while we can. Being a professional tractor trailer driver, uh, not only are you a, obviously a, a very critical part of the infrastructure uh, of the supply chain in this country, but uh, you just, you, you see some things out there on the road. Story number 78. Saturday, December 19th, 2020, 1.57 a.m. Make sure you tell your loved ones you love them hmm. before they walk out that door. Yes, sir. All right, so I'm about 10 years in the game at this point. Been trucking for 20 years, so I'm 10 years in the game, and I was driving for a van company, a van moving company. Okay, yep. I was just coming back from California. Me and the uh, young lady I was dating at the time, we were dating for about five years. Okay. So we're just riding through Texas, enjoying the scenery. Uh, we're, we're sharing a bag of Cheetos, listening to some good music. Hmm. Uh, towards the evening time, and you know, I'd say about like three. Yeah. So, so um, I see a group of cars go by me, right? Yep. It was a one that stood out was a like a sixty-something Mustang, real nice. Wow. It was a kid in it. Uh, I saw he had his books in there and everything like that, and it was a, it was a like you know like hey you know he gave me the like give me the horn sign yeah. and I was like yeah. eh, eh, you know. Yep. So he keeps on riding, and you know I told my chick, my, my my girl at the time, like, yeah, he's probably coming home from college or going to college, and you know we smile about that. And out the freaking blue, we see cars swerving in front of us. That group of cars that just went by me, they're swerving. I'm like, what's going on up there? So I come off the accelerator, yeah, and there's a truck coming my direction he's no. so he's going westbound in the eastbound lane no. he's in the fast lane and i'm like oh shit at this point no. so i move over and i'm blowing i have train horns down i'm blowing the train horns and it's an elderly caucasian guy oh. going back the other way in a blue ford ranger mm -hmm. i remember it man like i seen him ride by so i get on the cb i'm telling people like yo Brake check, brake check, truck coming the wrong direction, slow down, everybody watch out, watch out. And my friend, she yells out, babe. I'm like, what? And I look in front of me, man, and it's just like a freaking whirlwind. A car is just, it's just doo -doo 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 just like getting disintegrated. Wow. And I'm, my eyes are glued on this car, so now I'm really breaking the truck down. Cause now it's an accident. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit. Then she said, babe. And at this point, my nerves are shot. Yeah. And so I yell at her, what? As I look at her and her jaws drop wide open and her hands are just pointing. And I look up and I just caught the end of something flying and hitting the ground and sliding. So at that point, I'm like, what was that? And I start to slow the truck down, slow it down, slow it down. And I stop and I'm like, from here to that guardrail, which is maybe, for those who can't see it, maybe I'd say 60 feet. Yeah, about 60 feet, right? Yeah. And um, I get out the truck, man, and it was just like an eerie silence, but 
highway noise, but it's just, it's like silent. And I'm walking up, and as I get closer, it's a person. It's a person sitting right there in front of me. And I'm like, oh, my, dude, dude bro. Hey, bro, wake up. Wake up. And then I just saw seeing, like, a stream of blood just start coming from him. Oh. And I was like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. I'm like, dude, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. We were all screwed up looking at this thing, right? Yeah. Um, well, to speed the story up, a lady that was a paramedic, she comes up, and I'm like, no, don't touch him, don't touch him. And so we have to touch him, so she flips him over and come to find out it's the kid oh. that just passed by us yes, sir. in the Mustang. Oh. Now, his car went through so much that you could not find his tires. Frontier tire was gone. What made it worse was uh, they had the, the uh, hella life life yep. flight them out, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. helicopter lands yes. in the field next to us. Yeah. Uh, milk carton crate flies up, gets sucked up, and hit the blade of the helicopter, so they couldn't airlift them out. So oh. the helicopter had to leave, and they I I just I I never knew what happened to the kid. It didn't look good. I didn't mean to start like that, but no, yeah, no, that's, that's. I want I want your audience to know yeah. to appreciate your loved ones. Yep. Um, and stay off your cell phone when you're driving because it's it's terrible out here when you leave your house and you take for granted that you know you can hop in your car and come right back. Yep. Well. I'm figuring that that kid was on his way to college yep. or coming home yeah. and probably just was on the phone with his mom or dad and was like, okay, I'll be home soon. Mm -hmm. He ain't never make it. Nope. You can't control when it'll be the last time you see a loved one. So really all we can do is to let them know that we love them as often as possible. And our conversation actually goes on for another four minutes or so, but because of time constraints, I didn't really feel like I could leave it here, and it wasn't related to the story of the young man, so I cut it out. But at some point, I do plan on coming up with a subscription format, and it will let you hear all the little audio clips here and there that I chop off that are deemed unnecessary. So, just a little heads up for the future. From a creator point of view, this last story for season one of Backseat Confessions podcast is a gift. I really couldn't have tried to plan for a better story to leave us on as the grand finale. I mean this, I hope that wherever you are, if you can take the next 11 minutes or so and get still or quiet enough to really let this young mom's story sink in, I promise it will touch you, inspire you, and dare I say, bring you hope. Story number 79. 
Saturday, December 19, 2020, 2.27 a.m. Okay, I just really want to express the importance of law of attraction mm. and how strong trying to manifestate what you want, mm. how important that really is and how good it works. Okay, tell me about it. So over a year ago, a little bit over a year ago, I say around the summertime of 2019, okay. um, I experienced homelessness to oh. where I had to humble myself and literally go to a women and children's shelter. Wow. Um, I didn't expect to be there for more than 30 days. This is what I told myself mentally. Because yep. at the time, my mindset wasn't where it needed to be. So in my mind, I told myself 30 days. Yes. God told me 90 days. Okay. <laughs> Gotta love um, when God disrupts your plans, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I said 30 days. He said 90 days. Right. So during that whole process, um, I really learned to humble myself. I learned to be quiet so that I can hear certain things as far as being guided in the right direction. Yeah. Um, I didn't let anger. I didn't let disappointment. I didn't let doubt. I didn't let that step in the way, even yeah. though those things were clearly in my way. For sure. Um, and I just kept telling myself, I was like, I'm going to start school. Mind you, I was going through all of this with three children. Oh, wow. Right? Wow, wow. And I, and I was pregnant with my fourth child. So imagine having a child with autism, a set of toddler twins, and a baby that you're carrying, and you're in a shelter, and you're telling yourself, okay, just 30 days. Yeah. But God gave me and my family 90, right? Yeah. I experienced so much because... People don't understand that kids get stressed out, too. Yeah. So it was a lot of other kids there. So my kids were thinking, you know, this is a party. For sure, yeah. But after a while, they start to notice, mm, you know, something's missing. Yeah. Especially when your kids are used to having a two-parent two home. Yeah. They're used to things being set up a certain way. Yep. But life can knock you down. You know, yeah. it doesn't discriminate on who you are, man, woman. And so uh, I say that to say this to the women as well. Understand that men try the best that they can. Everything is not always built for them to, to win. Wow. Okay? That doesn't mean that you don't have a good, a good partner. Yeah. It just means that you have to be more understanding and that your mind has to be more open. Wow. It means that your heart has to be more receptive. So, that's, you know, that's all that means. Wow. Um, but I kept telling myself, I was like... I'm going to go to school in the midst of this situation. I'm going to get a place. Everything's going to be just fine. Yeah. I remember going to a shelter, a men's shelter, to get a housing assessment. Yeah. And you have to be there like 6 o'clock in the morning. And I remember going three days in a row. Like it was, it was always something that was preventing me from getting that spot. And we're in a spiritual warfare, whether people believe in Allah, Jesus, whatever, yeah. that doesn't truly matter. The only thing that matters is that you understand that something is protecting you, something is guiding you, you're waking up for a reason, you're protected for a reason. I think that's the only thing that we need to understand and accept. Yeah. So, you know, I was 
I was receiving a very big blessing with that shelter yeah. that I was being blocked from for those three days that I was going. And I was taking my children with me. And like I said, my son has autism, so it was crazy. It was very stressful, but I kept going. Wow. The fourth day that I went, they blessed me with an apartment wow. that I did not have to pay for for six months. Utilities that I did not have to pay for for six months. They helped my son get all the therapy that he needed. He was able to get into daycare. I was able to get a mental break from my children by getting them in daycare. And it was free of cost because of the situation that I was in. So God was providing me with all of the resources that I needed. All I had to do was be patient and consistent. We can't expect things to come to us and we're not putting the work in to receive those things. They're not gonna fall in our lap. It's like an input-output thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. You give the output and God's gonna work within you. So that's how that works. It's a two-way street. Yeah. And so after getting the break with my kids being in daycare, I went to a, a college and, you know, I explained to them how I owed the school another, uh, you know, money from like 2015 but how I desperately really wanted to get my life together and so with me being in a homeless shelter my application fees were waived my tests to enter into school were waived I was able to literally get into college with just a copy of my transcripts instead of my official transcripts I'm telling you guys this because this was not an accident this wasn't a coincidence this was strategic this was planned exactly how it was supposed to happen for me and so when I got into school they ended up paying for everything brand new laptop everything I needed for school all the equipment I needed was paid for and once I paid for everything I needed I had a check being sent to me for everything that I didn't spend which was a well over twelve hundred dollars so not only am I in this brand new place, my kids have their own rooms now. I'm in school, it's online, so it doesn't, it doesn't interfere with me being a parent or having to be away. And it was just, the, it, was, it was the biggest blessing because when I first started those 30 days, I was so hopeless. I didn't see that all of that could happen. Right. It sounds great, it sounds like a fairy tale. I mean, it, it is. It is, but it ha it happens to the best of us. And I tell myself all the time, I don't mind telling my story because I know that somebody else can yes. benefit off of those stories. I agree. And then you're, I'm taking you to a job now. Which I, I, right. I, I, I was even blessed with once I moved in. It was like I kept telling I kept telling God like, please don't let me have my baby in this shelter, please, because it was so like so much families in there. Yep there was no way that they could put me somewhere privately. No. So I kept saying, please don't let me have my baby here. Yeah. I got my apartment a week before I had my baby. <laughs> when I moved into my apartment, I was blessed with a baby crib. I was blessed with TVs. I had funds given to me to get Wi-Fi connection for my schooling. And I was also blessed with a, a, a furniture voucher. So brand new couches, brand new mattresses. They get, instead of, the crazy thing is, I told them I wanted a king size because, you know, just in case all of my kids want to lay in the bed with me. Right, yeah. <laughs> and they said, well, we don't know, we might just have a queen. And I said, okay, well, I'll be grateful for that. Yeah. And God was listening. Yeah. 
And I got a king, you guys. I got a king size bed. It's super plush and soft. And my, all of my kids got a mattress. And we got a dining table. We got a brand new couch. It's crazy because when I got to the warehouse and I seen all the couches, I was like, oh, these are really, really used. But I seen a really pretty gray one in the back. Yeah. It's like it had a little spotlight on it. Yeah. And as soon as I seen it, the woman was like, you can have that one all the way in the back. And it has a piece that goes with it you can have, too. She was just being nice that day. But everything was set up for me. And because I was patient, yeah. because I allowed myself... Well, this is the thing. We have to sacrifice ourselves every day against how we feel. And yeah. And our emotions and our mind we have to sacrifice ourselves every day for what's bigger than us yeah yeah so once I was able to do that everything just kept pouring down and it was so overwhelming and like you were saying you're taking me to this job this is the best job I've ever had this is the most money I've ever made it doesn't interfere with me being a mother during the day I'm, I'm gone from 2 a.m. to 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. sometimes but my kids are sleeping yeah or just waking up. So it benefits me in so many ways. And so I say that to say this, you guys just stay focused, yeah. stay down, open your mind, open your heart, be receptive. If somebody's offering you some type of information, listen to it, even if you feel like you may know more. Mm. It's a reason that God brings people in your path, in your wow. path. Wow, well, your story, Miss Kay, is unbelievable you you clearly have like favor over your life you are such a, a blessed person um and um but like even from the moment you came in my car though i just sensed absolute kindness and like a generous spirit like you were just a very there was just something about you that i would have felt comfortable um talking to you or being around you like there's just something uh, about you that you give off thank that you is, yeah and so I love when people that are like you, who are good people, who have hit a bad point in their life, a tough point, because we all hit those points. We all do, yes. Right? And then, you know, you, you obviously have a, a very strong faith, um, and you're also, like you said, doing the stuff that you need to do in your part so that God can come through for you. And, I mean, it's, it's truly, it's inspiring. Um, right. I don't care, you know, where you're at in life, what your socioeconomic situation is, there's stuff that we all have. Uh, going on in our lives there's stuff that we need um and uh, man that is so inspiring thank you for um being you and thank you for sharing with us tonight it was my pleasure thank you absolutely her faith her humility the way she practices gratitude in, in very difficult circumstances wow uh, and I know that there will be all kinds of folks from all kinds of faith or even non-faith backgrounds that listen to this. But for me, truly, uh, her beauty of spirit was just so profound that I can see why God has given her extraordinary favor. And I know that she'll continue walking in that. She was one of those people that when she left my car, I felt like I was floating. I felt like I could be a better person. I felt deep hope. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, all you beautiful people. 
for all of you that have gone on this journey with me over 15 episodes for the first full season, I don't really know how to thank you. I hope it's given you laughter, some cringes, some tears, some inspiration, and most of all, a feeling of just deeper connection to humankind. And if you're enjoying this project, please, please tell all the adults you know about it. I have a belief that this project is gonna make it, that it's going to get big enough to where I can actually get it generating enough income to make it feasible to keep going. So here's my proposal. If you can bring the listeners on and we can build a sizable audience, I'll figure out how to monetize it and keep making more seasons. In the meantime though, I hope that as these stories reverberate in your soul and in your mind, you draw closer to the divine intentions over your life and that you love more outrageously than you ever have. And that if you're feeling depressed or anxious about the future and your life, that hope will begin to seep in around the edges and that you will have a perspective shift. Please reach out on my DMs or by email and just let me know if BCP has helped you in some way. And I will try to share as many of those stories with the rest of the world as possible. Blessings on you and yours. This is what happens when you are a rideshare driver in Atlanta and ask people for their stories. These weren't handpicked people with great stories. They just happened to get in my car and be gracious enough to share with all of us. And who knows, maybe someday you'll be in Atlanta and need to grab a rideshare and end up telling the rest of us the next great story on BCP. I'd actually encourage you to, every so often, just ask a stranger to share a story from their life. You never know what you might learn. I believe that our stories are powerful. They can make you laugh, cringe, cry, or even get you to think or feel differently. Our stories can truly make this world a little bit better place. So please, Subscribe, rate, and listen to this podcast and share it with as many adults as possible. It would mean so, so much to me. First and foremost, I want to thank the incredible writers who trusted me with your stories. You're my heroes. Thanks also to all the people in the background who have believed in this project slash dream. All of the music on this podcast was found on pixabay.com and it was free, which is an amazing gift when you're starting a podcast on a shoestring budget.